podcast is brought to you by DIA, the trusted global neutral forum for healthcare product development professionals. DIA, driving insights to action. In June 2021, the World Health Organization, or WHO, initiated a pilot coordinated scientific advice procedure whereby product developers may approach WHO and obtain advice on the most appropriate way to generate robust evidence on a product's benefits and risks. The goal would be to obtain a WHO policy recommendation or gain pre-qualified status if the product is found to meet WHO requirements. I am Chris M. Slowecki, Senior Digital Copy Editor for DIA, and today we welcome leadership from the World Health Organization to discuss this pilot program. We welcome Anna Lara Ross, who serves as unit head in the science division for the WHO. Thank you for joining us, Anna Lara, and welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us, Chris. And Mercedes Perez Gonzalez, who serves as technical officer in the science division for the WHO. Thank you for joining us too, Mercedes. Welcome. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for the opportunity. Anna Lara, I'd like to direct the first two questions, I believe, to you. And they're more general foundational framework type questions. And the first place seems the obvious place to begin is, what was the impetus for the WHO to launch this CSA pilot? Thanks, Chris. And as you said in the introduction, the Coordinated Scientific Advice Procedure sits in the Science Division. And the Science Division is still relatively new in the World Health Organization. It's a division that was created about three years ago. And the overall role of the Science Division is to leverage the best scientific evidence to improve health and promote health equity. And specifically in our unit, we support and enable processes that can accelerate and optimize research and development for an ultimate accelerated access to fit-for-purpose health products that address the biggest unmet needs in global health. And so it's within this context that the Coordinated Scientific Advice Procedure was established. And obviously, the WHO has been interacting with health product developers for many years, but we had noticed that there wasn't necessarily a standardized or very formalized approach to do it. So in the science division, we're quite well positioned to be able to be a coordinated and single entry point to initiate that dialogue with health product developers. So in our division, we can then coordinate and bring in the relevant people from the WHO pre-qualification team and the relevant people from the appropriate technical departments. To continue then on a summary level, how would you describe or would you please explain the main changes or the main benefits that are introduced by this pilot? The coordinated scientific advice is a procedure that, as the name suggests, allows the WHO to be able to provide advice to developers of health products. And the main changes compared to the rather ad hoc processes or interactions that were happening prior to the establishment of this pilot is really to be able to have a very structured approach. So as I was saying, a health product developer can contact the science division we then ensure that we can coordinate all of the relevant people and create joint advice. This means that we ensure that we have the views of the WHO pre-qualification team and we have the views of the technical department. So this really helps to avoid situations in which maybe a health product developer 
reaches out to somebody that they met in conference or that they know of from before and they receive some advice but it's not necessarily the comprehensive advice from all of the relevant departments and people that need to be involved in the discussion we also have some specific timelines so we really try to adhere to relatively tight timelines so that when the product developer contacts us there is a sense of timeline ahead and they know there's more predictability in terms of when they will receive that advice. And we also have written advice. So it is something that then is more structured and hopefully as helpful as possible for the product developer. That's a wonderful lead into one more general question I have for you. Who is eligible to apply for this procedure and when is the best time for them to apply for this procedure? It's an excellent question. So first of all, as to the first point, the current pilot coordinated scientific advice is open to developers of medicines, vaccines, and in vitro diagnostics. In future, we hope to extend that eligibility also to include vector control products. And the procedure is aimed at novel and innovative products that are being developed and that are considered of high public health value. And by that, we mean as being determined by WHO as addressing critical unmet need in global public health. And this might be that it's defined either as having a WHO target product profile that is available, or in some cases, the technical department will confirm that this is a priority product that the WHO sees as, as critically important. And in terms of the best time to apply, it's not obvious to have one unique answer because, of course, it depends a little bit by product. But broadly speaking, we advise developers to apply early enough in the process so that the advice that is provided can be implemented. So, for example, for medicines and vaccines, we would suggest to apply before the design of the pivotal trials, typically the phase three clinical trials, have been designed for an in vitro diagnostic. The ideal time would probably be after product lockdown. But of course, every product is different. And so we are also open to have that dialogue with developers. That can be a simple question is, when is the right time for this product to, to go through the coordinated scientific advice? And we're always happy to try and respond and determine together what makes most sense. Thank you very much, Anna Lara. And Mercedes, thank you for your patience. I'd like to direct the next few questions to you now. The website for the pilot, I'd like to quote from that. It says, the CSA procedure represents a novel, standardized WHO corporate platform for interaction between product developers and the relevant technical departments and the pre-qualification team within the WHO. So there are two very curious words there I'd like to ask you to please explain. Would you please explain the standardized and then the novel aspects of this platform? Thank you, Chris. I think that Ana Lara has touched a bit on this subject, but I think we describe this process as standardized and novel because until now there hasn't really been a harmonized approach to the way that WHO interacts and provides advice to manufacturers or product developers. We have been doing it for a long time, but different teams have different ways of doing it. Some departments have had for a really long time documented processes for engaging industry and others did it more on an ad hoc basis. 
We also have noticed that product developers could find it challenging to find the right team to discuss their plans or to obtain the right advice. And this could potentially result in products that required additional testing once they came to apply for pre-qualification or came to discuss plans for a policy recommendation process. So standardize a novel because we're trying to harmonize this and because it is brand new procedure within WHO. Thank you for that explanation. How does this pilot relate to other scientific advice procedures in which WHO may also participate? So the WHO is a similar process to other scientific advice procedures. EMA and Swiss Medic, for example, may involve WHO in certain scientific advice requests, but the final advice is ultimately based on the needs of their jurisdictions. The WHO CSA actually has been specifically designed to address questions that are related to future WHO pre-qualification applications and WHO guideline or policy development processes. And this is really to ensure that the evidence that is collected by product developers meets WHO data needs. So under the current pilot phase, CSA is really intended for product developers who are seeking to apply for WHO pre-qualification or for uh, WHO policy recommendation in the future. But these processes aren't exclusive, and we do ask developers to mention any prior interactions with other national regulatory agencies when they approach us for CSA, and if possible, to actually provide the scientific advice. And to the extent that it is possible, we will try not to contradict any advice provided by other agencies. I'd like to stay at a certain level of detail here, Mercedes. Thank you very much for the level of detail in your explanations. The 10 weeks of this procedure aligns with the same type of timeline for FDA, EMA, and even PMDA scientific advice meetings. Will these 10 weeks run sequentially in series or in parallel with the sponsor's consultations with other agencies? And if it's sequentially, then how does a developer benefit by participating in the pilot? So participation in the CSA procedure can happen in parallel with other scientific advice processes. The timing to approach WHO will really depend on the developer's regulatory strategy. You know, are they seeking a pre-qualification through a full assessment? Will they seek alternative listing, for example, through you know, an EUM for all process? And it will also probably depend on their own timelines for development as well as other agencies' agendas for the provision of advice. So EMA, for example, the Scientific Advice Working Party only meets once a month. So it's really up to the manufacturer to look at their regulatory strategy. But as I mentioned, we do make sure that they disclose any advice provided before so that we try to the extent possible to align our advice. Thank you. One more detailed question for you, Mercedes. And this, I think, was something that we were most curious about. Could you provide examples of insights into an unmet medical need or a product development plan that a developer could get from WHO pre-qualification that they couldn't get from another source? Well, WHO's mandate is really around global public health rather than just one particular jurisdiction, which in practice means that when we provide advice to product developers, we have additional considerations around the needs of lower and lower and middle income countries or settings with limited resources. WHO could, for example, advise on the need for inclusion of specific populations where you would find that there are certain concomitant infections that are not necessarily present in higher income settings. 
And for in vitro diagnostics, for example, the intended users, the environment in which they are used and the infrastructure that is available to conduct them differ significantly from higher income countries. So WHO would focus their advice on ensuring that product developers take this into account in their development plans. I think those are quite clear examples. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Anna Laura, thank you for your patience too. I'd like to turn back to you and ask this final question. Has the WHO announced an end date for this pilot? If so, and is that date? Has WHO issued any reports or analyses or updates from the experience to date? And if not, when can we expect to see such reports or announcements? So we don't have a formal end date to the pilot, partly because we want to try and have a relatively representative set of submissions to the coordinated scientific advice across different disease areas and also across different categories of health products. So it depends a little bit on how many submissions we receive and in which areas, and that will allow us to have at least a comprehensive view on how the submissions have worked in reality and what are some of the lessons that are being learned. We are monitoring in real time. We collect uh, various uh, levels and feedback from various perspectives. So obviously from the health product developer, understanding how easy they found the process. Was it helpful? Are there things that could have been improved, could have been done differently? And also internally from both us in the science division, but more importantly, all of our colleagues across the qualification team and the technical departments. And so we have sometimes we, we have little minor tweaks that we can introduce as we're going along. But I think that at some point in 2023, we'll probably then have a more formal review and see what needs to be adjusted in terms of the pilot and what worked and what doesn't. Ultimately, as I said, we want this to be beneficial in terms of having accelerated access to fit-for-purpose products. So it's really important that this is actually a useful procedure and it fits the needs of the developers and the stuff. Mercedes, if someone had a question or wanted to contact WHO about this pilot, what should they do? I will be very happy to answer any questions. Uh, you can reach us at scientificadvice.com who.int and we'll be very happy to respond to emails or organize a quick chat if that's what's most practical. These are all the questions we have for today. Anna Lara, thank you so much for making time for us today. Thank you very much, Chris. It was a pleasure to speak to you. And Mercedes, thank you as well for the level of detail and the examples you provided for us today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. For DIA, I am Chris M. Slowecki. To learn more about this topic, visit us online at diaglobal.org.